This podcast is brought to you by 199.com. That's 19NINE.com. Go to 199 for your latest apparel, including vintage t shirts, retro college basketball shorts, and more. These guys have some of the greatest apparel on the market. Don't miss out today. Go to 199.com and get geared up for the summer. Now, here's today's podcast. In this episode of the Feel for the Game podcast, we talk to Garrett Weininger, the head coach at Fishers High School in Indiana. Coach discusses taking over a new program during a quarantine and how they have focused on building relationships and attacking player development. Coach Weininger also talks about his experiences as an assistant and how that has prepared him to be a head coach. Now let's get to the podcast. We're here with Garrett Weininger, the head coach at Fishers High School. Coach, thanks for your time today. First off, I want to congratulate you not only on accepting this new position at Fishers High School, but also to you and your wife on the birth of your new baby boy, Guyton. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. You know, I, uh, like we've talked about a little bit, everybody tells you how, how the experience is going to be and how it's nothing like you've ever been through and you think you understand and, and then it happens and you, and you realize whatever, you know, obviously it's been, been great to be able to be home with them and, and help my wife during these first couple of months. And it's been a great experience. Well, it's great to hear. And, and when it rains, it pours and, and all good things for you. So taking over a program at Fisher's high school, you're replacing Matt Moore. Matt's a good friend of ours. How cool is it being able to replace a friend like Matt? I was thinking about this um, just coming to the podcast because I knew you were going to ask that, and, and it, it dawned on me that I've done it two years in a row. You know, last year at Warren Central, um, taking over for Coach Byers, someone I'd worked under for three year, years, you know, was a great mentor and also a friend. And then to do that in consecutive years to go over to Fishers and, and take over a pro- program for Coach Moore, someone who over, you know, since I've been in Indianapolis, is about the same time that he got to Fishers, someone I've, you know, built a relationship with over that time. And and, you know, he's mentored me as well, not just on the basketball side, but raising a family, that balance between, um, you know, having kids and, and a wife at home and, and being a head high school coach. So to now take over a program for him, um, it's awesome because of that relationship. And, and, and you know, I'll obviously be able to bounce ideas off him and, and anything, any questions I have about the program, I'll be able to lean on him. But also it's great for me because he's leaving the program in a great spot. You know, the, the, th- the three years – of success they've had and the, and the records they have is probably the best three-year run that the school has had. So I'm taking over the program in a spot where hopefully we can build on, on what Coach Moore did. You know, I think there's a lot coming back and, and a lot of positive things that, that hopefully I'll be able to take and run with and just build on that momentum. Yeah, Matt definitely left the program in a great position, and we know you'll continue to keep that momentum going. What are some things coming in that you're hoping to do to be able to keep that going? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm hoping to obviously maintain the level of discipline and, and things that he's done and then put my stamp on it by hopefully uh, just bringing my expertise in player development and helping kids all the way down from the from the you no know, the kindergarten, the feeder system up through our varsity guys. You know, I think that's where I can come in and, and bring a lot of energy to is just how to take players from where they're at and get them to go to the next level. And then and then with the way we play the game, hopefully our guys will buy into the the system we'll, we'll, we are bringing and, and, and we can build on the success that we've had the last 
four years at Warren, but also the success that they've been having over Fishers. Not only have you replaced uh, Matt, a good friend of yours, but also working under Chris Byers, the former head coach at Warren Central, who's now at Franklin Central High School. What was it like working under Chris Byers? Coach taught me so much about uh, what it means to be a professional coach. You know, I couldn't couldn't replace those three years working for him. Obviously, the success we had having a three-year run, cumulative record of 76-6, and six, never been done at Warren Central, never been done at a lot of places. Having a state championship run in 18 and being able to be a part of that is just experience that, you know, you, you wish someone tells you that, that these are the good times before you know that it's, it's gone, you know, but I look back on those times and realize how, how good those times were. But learned a ton from Coach on the basketball floor, obviously. You know, coming into working for him, I thought I knew about motion offense, but I realized quickly that I didn't know as much as I thought and just learned so much about motion offense principles and, and then also just our pressure defense and and everything I learned about man-to-man defense um, through coach. Uh, you know, I'm just grateful for that experience and, and now having that knowledge, hopefully I can, you know, continue to, to do things like we did, but also just how to run a program, um, you know, what – what he was able to do at Warren Central and, and turn the program around so quickly, it's a direct correlation to the discipline he was able to establish around the entire program. And just, you know, having that discipline with kids, but also watching how he built the relationship on the back end, that allows you to hold players accountable and to coach them hard. And, and Coach is great at that. You know, he's, he's great about, you know, really caring about the people who are around him, both his coaches and the players. And he, he's great about investing in their lives and, I mean, you've been around coach. You can't go anywhere without someone who he used to coach or he used to coach with coming up and, and seeing him in public. You know, that's just how it is. He seems to know everybody, and, and that's because everybody he's around, he really invests in when he's coaching them and, and gets to know them. That's a great description of Coach Byers, one of the most connected coaches in the state of Indiana. You touched on the defensive side of the ball, and he's definitely one of the best there is. You also had a chance to work under J.R. Holmes, perhaps the best offensive coach to ever coach in our state and the winningest coach of all time in Indiana. What was it like working under him? Working under coach Holmes. I really, you know, I was only there for one season, but I was in his system for three seasons because I coached at middle school there first. Uh, I really just learned, I learned so much about offense, but also I learned how to, how to structure and organize a season. I remember the first time I went in and interviewed with coach Holmes, he reached back in his file cabinet and he pulled out a, a practice plan from when he was a grad assistant at Indiana state, you know, 50 years ago or, or whenever that was not to age him. But, um, and I was just, I was amazed at the time, you know, me being, I don't know, I was 22 or 23 years old or whatever I was at the time that he still had a practice plan from when he was a grad assistant, that level of organization, that level of detail, you know, I really learned that from him and how he, you know, implements offense throughout the year, how he structures the season, when he puts stuff in, and how he put it in, I, you know, I learned a ton um, just working for him and observing him during that season that I was there. And I've carried a lot of those principles, tried to, um, into my coaching style. You know, I have – I now have a, a folder full, filled with every practice plan from that year that I was under him. And I still go back and, and look at it from time to time. Like this year, you know, I'm starting to plan our practices at Fishers and I'm going back and looking at practice plans from when I was there or, or the year we once stayed at Warren and just – you know, comparing and seeing how we started the year. And those are things that I think, whether I coach for 20 years or 50 years, whatever it is, I'll always look back on those things and reflect on, on what they did and, and what I'm trying to do. 
you're very fortunate to be able to work under a couple guys like that. Not many coaches uh, have that opportunity. And you would probably be the first to admit that uh, you probably wouldn't be in that position today w- without coaches like Chris Byers and J.R. Holmes. Um, that experience as an assistant coach led you to get the opportunity as a head coach at Warren Central last year. What did you learn in year one as a head coach that has prepared you for this new position at Fishers? Like you said, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have had the opportunity without both of those guys and not only not only working for them and what I learned, but also just their continued influence in my life, their continued relationship. You know, anytime you have something going on or a coaching decision or something you're thinking about doing, both those guys are great to be able to call on and and uh, and give advice. And um, and I and uh, going into year one at Warren, you know, I reflect on a lot of that. But as you know, moving over. A few, a few inches down to the head coaching seat, things change a lot, and you can no longer pass the buck. You know, when I was Coach Byers' assistant, if someone came up, hey, they're you know they were mad or they had a question or whatever, you can always point over. Uh, he's the head coach over there. Go have that conversation with him. But now, now people are passing all those things to you, and your your responsibilities multiply, and it leaves just basketball. You know, as an assistant, you're really able to focus on the game of basketball. What do we need to do to beat? LN this week? What do we need to do to compete with the team we're playing on Tuesday? What sets are we going to run? How are we going to scout? And that's really pretty much all I thought about as an assistant. And now you you move over and you become a head coach and and now you're thinking about everything, you know, what the team meal is, how we're running the program, you know, relationships in the community, handling every problem that comes up and all that stuff outside of basketball is really, you know, I had to learn on the fly uh, at Warren that in that first season. And I was probably not ready, but I was prepared by watching those guys that I worked under by having coach Byers, you know, include me in a lot of those meetings and those conversations over the course of those three years prepared me to, to, you know, maybe not excel in all those situations, but at least have a, a a preparedness that I could get through it. And, um, you know, I think that was a big reason why we were, we were able to have success, um, is because I had that experience and we were able to get past all that outside stuff and focus on coaching the team. And, and I had to, you know, remind myself that throughout the season, like let's get back to basketball because everything else can become a distraction. Um, But also, you know, just learning how to, how to manage the game from that seat, how to talk to officials at that level, you know, all those things were, were things that, you know, you, you try to watch and you try to learn, but until you do it firsthand, you don't really know how it's going to go. Yeah, you couldn't have said it better, Coach. Just moving over one seat, it's amazing how many more responsibilities you have. I know in my year one as a head coach, I put a sign in the coach's office that said, Coach Your Team. And during a day, you just get pulled in so many directions. It's easy to get sidetracked, and that was kind of my reset button there. Uh, You had an outstanding year one at Warren Central, and that led you to be able to get this position at Fishers High School. You took over the program during a quarantine. Can you explain what your first 30 days on the job looked like? Yeah, and, and before I move on to that, you know, thinking about the year of Warren, you know, I think obviously we talked about the importance of Coach Byers and, and Coach Holmes, but I, I can't think more about the importance of those players that first year at Warren. You know, it's such a unique situation with Coach Byers leaving um, – Coach Kendrick getting the job and then deciding to take a job elsewhere. And then me basically stepping in the job on May 29th, three days before, you know, the summer season started. So these, these players had kind of been pulled in a lot of directions. And then 
we're starting, you know, in June in three days. I have three days to build a staff and really get the thing going. And for those guys to buy in and, you know, we returned – we had graduated seven of our top eight players, so only had one returning contributor. And for those guys to buy in and, and take the leaps they did from the beginning of June to March, that is why, you know, I'm getting the opportunities I'm getting now because those guys believed in me and we were able to have some success – and as you know, that first group you have, I, I still feel that way about the first group I had in seven, when I coached seventh grade at Jackson Creek Middle School, you know, still close with a lot of those guys. But that first group I had at Warren um, and what we were, were able to do this season will always uh, be special to me. And, uh, you know, I, I hope to continue building those positive relationships as I moved to Fishers. And that was a big part of those first 30 days. Taking over in a quarantine was uh, was a difficult, it was challenging for me. You know, I love being in the gym. That's my that's where I, I get joy. That's where I get my passion. That's where I get fired up is when I can get in the gym, whether it be one-on-one -on -one working with a kid or, or getting the energy of the whole team being in there and not being able to do that with a new group. It was difficult for me because I had a hard time, you know, knowing how we're going to build those relationships over a computer screen. I feel like I build those relationships by the work I put in helping kids get better. That's how I, I let them know I care about them and trust them. So, you know, I, I had a lot of conversations with my staff. How are we going to do that through Zoom? And uh, with that, we decided not to talk a lot about basketball. You know, I, I had talked to you previously and you'd sent me kind of what you guys were doing. And I used that as a template and I did send them four workouts a week that I wanted them to complete in that month, uh, that first month. So they, you know, they could do it on their own. They had video resources and I was just trying to give them resources to get better. But as far as our weekly Zoom calls, we tried to make it more about getting to know the kids, trying to build relationships, you know, letting my assistant coaches talk to them some and doing our best to to have the same conversations that we would be having when we get together. And, um, you know, I debated with my staff, should we be watching film? Should we be showing them our offense? Should we be talking about our defense? And, you know, we just kind of decided that though it might help, it wouldn't be as valuable as it would be just to getting to know the kids. You know, everybody always says they don't they don't care. They're not going to listen until they know you care about them. And, and you know, we try to, to show that that we're going to be a staff that puts an importance on putting kids first, that making it a family environment, and that we're going to do everything we can to support their dreams, whether that's just to be a really good high school basketball player or whether that's to, you know, take that next step to college. We're going to give them the resources and the avenue. And I think that paid off, you know, starting this week, being able to get in person. I think we kind of cut out some of that, that limbo period, those first couple of days where you got to get to know them because we already felt like we knew each other. Um, and we also took that time to have tough conversations. Obviously, we're in the midst of a unique time. You know, we're coronavirus going on, we're quarantined, but also the social injustice issues that are going on in our country and everything that's going on. It can be a can be a tough thing, I think, for kids to understand. You know, we're you're so impressionable when you're that age. So we try to have some of those conversations. We tried to, you know, let our let our black players know we support them. We have a diverse team, and we wanted to know that we have their best interests. And we tried to challenge our our white players to get to know their teammates of different races and get to know their challenges that they may not face and just try to open those doors for our players to have conversations. I know when I was that age, I didn't have a lot of those conversations because they just didn't come to me. So, you know, just trying to not necessarily educate, but challenge our players to have those conversations among themselves so they can be closer. And those are conversations are awkward to have over zoom with, with kids you have yet to meet, but I think they were valuable. You're doing things the right way for sure, coach, and taking over a program during a quarantine, maybe not the most ideal situation, but I love the things you're talking about. As we tell our players, we can make plays or make excuses, and 
you're definitely making plays at Fishers. Building relationships, attacking player development, those are two things that you're really focusing on. What are some other things that you're going to build this program on? A lot of what we do will will be similar to things I tried to do in year one at Warren, but we will adjust some things as well. Um, defensively, as we talked about with, with the influence I have from Coach Byers, we'll be a, a man-to-man defensive team um, based in uh, full-court pressure defense. And then, you know, depending on the scout, we'll adjust that. But we deny one pass away, and we want to put pressure on the basketball. We want to dictate – pace both both offensively and defensively and I think the best way to do that is to be able to pressure the basketball without getting beat and that's something we're really going to focus on here in the offseason is being able to guard your man one-on-one and and put immense pressure on him Uh, offensively we run motion offense kind of kind of a blended motion offense um, with kind of a traditional motion blended with a dribble drive motion and and a lot of those concepts so that's a little different from what our, our Fisher guys are used to. So we're trying to put in some of those basic concepts. We can build the foundation around that. But outside of, you know, specific offensive and defensive things, we try to be the – play the hardest. You know, I just say play tough, play the smartest, and play together. You know, we want our guys to be the most unselfish team in the state. And thinking back to those Warren Central teams, you know, we had six players who averaged in between eight and 12 points a game. And that team went 32-0. and 0. Nobody averaged more than 12 points a game. And I don't know. I'd have to look, obviously, at the stats. I don't know how many state championship teams had a stat like that. You know, that's that's a, a, a uh, obviously a, a big tribute to Coach Byers preaching unselfishness, getting them to play together. But also it's it's a big, you know, shout-out to those guys who really bought in. And I and that's, a, that's something I want to carry over. We have to play together, and we have to be willing to – pass up good shots to get great shots. And, and Coach Moore, I know, was preaching those same things. So I think that's going to be an easy transition. The discipline, the unselfishness, it's already there. Our tagline, we talked to them about right away, was just dynamic, relentless, and together. When I think about dynamic, I talk about being explosive, about being fast, about getting out and going, scoring in transition when we can, but also dynamic, meaning to be able to change. You know, I, if we have a situation, we want to – obviously attack our opponent's weaknesses. We want to be able to, to adjust to what that moment needs. And that's the, that dynamic part, relentless being, we never give up. We continually are coming relentless pressure, relentless energy. And then together, you know, explains itself always putting the team before myself and, and doing what's good for, for, for everyone and for the family. And, and I'm excited already just being around these guys for one week because I can see that they're, they're really going to buy into it. Dynamic, relentless together. A fun way to play. Um, man, I wish I had some eligibility left so I could come up and play for you, Coach. Uh, definitely preaching some unselfishness. It's amazing what you can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. You learned that from Coach Byers. You've been able to instill that into your Warren Central team and now here at Fishers. With this quarantine, we've had a chance to have some time off, a chance to work on our own game. What are some things that you focus on this off season to improve your craft as a coach? Yeah. You know, the start of quarantine came right after our season. I think we had the sectional final and then we had four days of school and then it all got cut off. So I I was pretty burnt out at first and I, I got a little lazy You know, I always preached our guys about getting up early. My whole, my whole shtick was get up and get it. And I'd try to get up and work out at 5am before school and everything. And I slacked off when the quarantine started, told myself I needed a break. And, and I thought quarantine wouldn't last this long. So I thought it was okay. But then about halfway through quarantine, I had to look in the mirror and say, you know, it's time to get to work and, and, and 
try to look at it as an opportunity. You know, this is a really big opportunity we have here with a break where we're separated, where if we put time in every day, we can really get better. So I just tried to go back and reflect on, excuse me, on this past season, try to watch more film. I think that's something that I haven't been great about in my first, you know, seven or eight years in coaching is it's so year round now that, um, you know, we go right out of the season, maybe get a month off and then we're right back to limited contact going two days a week and thinking about the next year. And I just try to go back and watch all our games, see where, see where my first year as a head coach at the varsity level that I struggled. Maybe I made mistakes, should have called a timeout, shouldn't have called a timeout, all those things. And just try to really reflect and review on how I could get better. Um, outside of basketball, I try to read a, a ton of other stuff too. You know, I've got a, a whole bunch of coaching books and all that stuff and listen to podcasts, but I've really been getting into, to other books about leadership, um, military business, things like that, just to try to broaden, uh, my leadership skills. You know, I think all the basketball books are great, but I think you can really gain a lot of value from looking around at other, other people who've excelled in other industries and, Someone I've really been digging into is Jocko Willink. He's a former Navy SEAL, um, has a, a book out called Extreme Ownership and Dichotomy of Leadership, but he has a podcast and different things. So I've, I've just jumped into a bunch of his principles and, and uh, you know, he's kind of the same way. He gets up all the time real early and he's retired and everything, but he's always posting on Instagram, him up early doing workout people are on there and always asking him like, you know, why are you training so hard? What's the purpose of getting up so early? And he said, uh, I was listening to this podcast and it gave me goosebumps. It got me all fired up. So I'll repeat it here. But he said, uh, when I was in the, when I was on the teams, you know, the SEAL teams, he said, I would always envision that there was a dude somewhere uh, sitting in a cave with a machine gun in one hand and a grenade in the other hand, rocking back and forth. He was, he was waiting for me. And he said, I wake up every day prepared for that moment that we meet. And obviously, as basketball coaches, we're not in that grave danger, and it's not that intense. But I think if we're always waking up to prepare for that moment, whatever that moment is in our lives, you know, we're preparing to be a father, we're preparing to be good husbands, we're preparing for that state championship game when we get there. If we're always waking up every day trying to prepare for that moment when the moment comes, like I said, we may not be ready, but we can be prepared and, and, and know how to operate when that time comes. And and that's my goal. You know, we uh, we've had success, obviously. But a lot of that success I've had has been been under other people. So I'm just trying to prepare to hopefully, you know, make those guys proud and continue that success within my own within my own programs. I love that story about the Navy SEALs and about staying ready and being prepared. There's no doubt in my mind that you're ready for this new opportunity. You're a rising coach in this profession. I've always admired your drive and ambition. Without question, there's big things ahead for the Fishers Tigers and we're looking forward to following you guys this year. Coach, really thank you for your time today, and I look forward to staying in touch with you. Thanks, Coach. Have a good one. You too. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Feel for the Game podcast. Be sure to check out feelforthegame.com for more coaching resources.